following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. This Passover is interesting that we somehow in God's economy get to determine the level of blessings we'll walk in the next year. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to walk into some new levels of blessing, don't you? This Passover is very significant, so we're going to start preparing ourselves for that today. And the message God's given me is, is this. How many of you have ever done something you shouldn't have done? I got the right crowd, don't I? Anybody ever, after you've done that, somebody said, shame on you? Shame on you. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Shame on you. I felt like the Holy Spirit said something very significant to me. Thank you. The Holy Spirit said something very significant to me this Passover, and that is shame off you. Shame off you. So I want you to touch two people on each side. Just go ahead and touch them and say, shame off you. Shame off you. These things bring reproach upon us. A shame, if you will. I, I've, been, I've been in the place where you don't have enough money for the month. I've been at the place where American Express calls you and tells you, leave home without it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It, 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 brings, it brings a reproach on you. It brings a shame when you can't you know, pay your bills or you're not as fruitful as you thought you should be or you've made a mistake and it, somehow things didn't work out or you believed a promise and you've been hanging on to it uh, and, and all your family knows, you know, you, you started telling everybody about what you were believing God for and it just hadn't happened. And people start saying, you know, well, where is your God? And, you know, how, how about that God? He really came through for you. And this stuff starts bringing reproach upon us. And God, it's impossible, I believe, to enter into the fullness of what God has for us with this stuff on our life. And so I'm here to say, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, no matter what you've been through up to this season, God's saying, this Passover, I'm going to roll away the reproach from off your life in this season. Touch three people and say, shame off you. Tell them, shame off you. How does God roll away shame? How does God roll off shame? I begin to study this and look into it because you know, if it's repentance, if it's prayer, what is the way that God rolls off shame? Well, I begin to look at spiritual examples. The first one I looked at was a woman named Hannah. Y'all know this story? There was a woman named Hannah, and she was married, and she was barren. And it says year by year she would go to the tabernacle and she would seek God about having a child because in that culture, barrenness was the most reproach that you could be under. When someone was barren, it, was, it brought a great, great reproach. In that culture, you had more than one wife. And so the other wives were bearing children and they were mocking Hannah. And they were ridiculing her and they were persecuting it over. And it says year by year, she went before God and she just could not conceive. 
But all of a sudden, God steps in and she conceives, and she doesn't just bear a child, she bears Samuel. Come on now. She doesn't just have a kid. She births the greatest prophet in the whole of the Old Testament. And when God stepped in and did that for her, let's put that scripture back up, her shame, her reproach changed. Now, instead of weeping and mourning, it says Hannah prayed and said, I'm bursting with God news. I'm walking on air. I'm laughing at my rivals. I'm dancing my salvation. Nothing and no one is holy like God. No rock mountain like our God. Don't dare talk pretentiously. Not a word of boasting ever, for God knows what's going on. He takes the measure of everything that happens. The weapons of the strong are smashed into pieces while the weak are infused with fresh strength. The well-fed are begging on the streets while, the, while for crust while the hungry are getting second helpings. The barren woman now has a house full of children while the other mothers are in bereaved. How does God roll away shame? He comes in with a blessing so big that you don't even know what to do with it and all of a sudden the blessing's so powerful you forget all the past because of the joy that you're walking in in the present. Shut three people and tell them shame off you. Then I've read about a guy named Mephibosheth. Lord, how mercy. No wonder he was shamed, being a name like that. <laughs> Mephibosheth. Y'all know that story? All this is Old Testament stuff. Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son of King Saul. And while fleeing one day, his nurse was carrying Mephibosheth as a child and dropped him and it crippled him and made him lame. And so here we see a few years later that Mephibosheth is lame, crippled, living in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar in Hebrew means a howling wilderness. And he's live, and it also means no communication. You ever felt like you just were so lame that you're living in a place that you can't even hear from God anymore? Maybe you feel like you just something that, you know, because of your weakness, maybe God's forgotten about you. And how many can testify many of us have been dropped as kids? Maybe not physically, but, in, but it may be. Everybody here probably got dropped somehow, either emotionally or physically, somehow as a kid. And we suffer today the weaknesses of what happened to us as children. And so we're battling these weaknesses, and these weaknesses in our own culture and our own mindset, we think they're keeping us out of God's blessings because we all have something that we're dealing with that has made us lame. You may be have it all going on in two or three areas or many areas, but there's some areas you're lame. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and I say, I know you got some lame somewhere in there. Tell them. <laughs> right? And you just can't do anything about it. You're just lame. And he was living at a man's house named Machir. In Hebrew, means mocker. Pronounced mocker. So here's Mephibosheth, whose name means mouth of shame. 
His very name means mouth of shame. So we see Mephibosheth was reproached due to a weakness in his childhood injury, and his name actually means mouth of shame. All of a sudden, David becomes king, and one of the first things he does is he, he starts looking for somebody to give Saul's inheritance to. And he finds out there's a kid named Mephibosheth. And David said something like this. He said, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you will eat bread at my table continually. The message translation says, David said, don't waste a minute. Go grab Mephibosheth from the howling wilderness and bring him and set him at the king's table and hide his lame legs under my tablecloth and let him eat without shame in my presence forever and ever and ever. I'm prophesying to somebody, God's about to come get you out of your wilderness. He's about to come get you out of your shame. He's about to come get you out of your reproach and he's going to restore your inheritance and he's going to set you at the king's table and you're going to feast on the goodness of the Lord. He's going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies and they're going to watch you feast on his faithfulness. Sloppy people say shame off you. Woo! God knocks shame off with blessing. That's how he removes reproach. He just knocks it off with his goodness. How about David? Y'all know that one, don't you? Mephibosheth got some off track, but David, huh? King of Israel. You know the story? Saw Bathsheba in the hot tub. <laughs> Things got bad made a major blunder. Anybody here made any major blunders? Three of you. Everybody else lying. Major blunder. See, some of us can believe barrenness. You've been unfruitful. That's not really your fault. God remove your reproach. Most of us can believe things that were injured us as children, weaknesses that we still are suffering from, even from our childhood, yes, God would be gracious to that. But most people don't really believe that God would be gracious in your own mess. David brought reproach on himself. God didn't bring that reproach. Yet, we see from Scripture that David had 18 sons and a daughter that God could have chose any of them to make them king. But no, God chooses Solomon who was the son of David and Bathsheba. What does that tell me about me and you? God will take your mess and he'll make it a message. You got yourself into it, but I'm telling you, God can get you out of it, and God can roll away your reproach in a moment. God can take our test and turn them into testimonies.
God's reproach is always rolled away with blessings and favor. Why do you think David was able to pen such psalms as thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life. Read the Psalms again with this understanding that how many times God got David out of his own mess and rolled away the reproach. I could go on. Peter denied the Lord three times. Don't even know him. Here's Peter who says, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll die following you. As soon as he got the chance, denied the Lord. Three times. What does God do? Comes back, we were just there in Israel, called Peter's Primacy, where Jesus cooked the disciples' lunch or breakfast. Remember, they were out fishing, hadn't caught anything, had been fishing all night, and the Lord shows up in his resurrected body on the beach. Don't you, aren't you glad Jesus loves the beach? Huh? Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about Jesus and he showed up on the, on the beach, I would think, you know, that he's like, I am that I am that I am. But he builds a fire and throws a cookout. Now, see, that may not mean anything to you, but I love the reality of Jesus. Right? And he hollers out to them, hey, you got any fish? They said, no, Lord, we fished and hadn't caught anything. He says, cast it on the other side. And it says, the boat almost sank. What does that tell me? Peter was in charge. Peter was in charge of the boat. Now all of a sudden, the same Lord he denies three times is giving him a harvest so big that his boat can't even carry it in. The Lord that he thought would be condemning him and beating him over the head because of his mistake is the Lord who gave him such a harvest of fish that it says he put his coat on and jumped in the water ashamed, embarrassed of the blessing. And when he got to the, got to the beach, Jesus gave him three opportunities. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? To wipe away the reproach. Then we see after Pentecost, Peter was given the job and preached and 3,000 people were baptized and saved in a day. Touch three or four people, tell them, shame off you. Shame off you. This Passover... God is going to deliver many of us from the shame and the disappointment and the despisement and the reproach. Some that we've put on ourselves, some that others have put on us, some that circumstances have dictated to us. God's going to roll away our reproach. I'm telling you, it's a word from God. When I started, when I heard this, I heard this by the Spirit of God. I didn't hear this from a man. I heard this from the Spirit of God that said, don't celebrate Passover the normal way. Celebrate it by crossing over. The day I heard it, the next afternoon, Chuck Pierce texted me and said, the Lord just spoke to me. Don't celebrate Passover the way you celebrated it in the past. Celebrate it as crossing over, not coming out. 
Just a few weeks later, my brother Dan was reading an article from a rabbi who said, don't celebrate Passover this year like you've normally celebrated it coming out, but celebrate it as crossing over into your inheritance, into your future. I see you somewhere in the future. And things look a whole lot better than they do right now. When I got back from Israel, my brother Dan said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing so good, I'm living in the future. See, I've been living in the future for two weeks over in Israel. I was like eight hours ahead of you. I'm, I'm somewhere in the future. And I'm telling you, the Lord's already gone ahead of you in your future. And he already sees your future is better than your past. And he's about to come in this season. And he's going to roll away your reproach. And you're going to cross over and enter into your promised land this season. Touch four more people. Tell them to shame off you. Here's the promise of the Lord. You're going to get double for your trouble. Job 42.10. Remember Job? Talking about reproach. I mean, Job was a godly man. And man, he suffered sickness. You know, sickness is a reproach. Sickness, it's like a reproach. You bear the sickness, but you bear the pain and the economic loss of it. That's, that's, a, that's a reproach. Poverty is a reproach. Persecution's a reproach. Embarrassment, not being able to function as you're called to function, that's a reproach. Job suffered great reproach. Love Job in the midst of it. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Somehow he knew it would work out, and you get over to the end in Job 42.10. I love it. It's like those good westerns where the bad guys always get it in the end. Come on now. Right? Job 42.10, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Touch three people and say, you're about to get double for your reproach in this season. You're about to get double for your reproach in this season. Look at Isaiah 61 and 7. Look at Isaiah 61 and 7. Instead of your shame, you're going to get double honor. Some of you have not been ashamed of some of us. You're just going to get single. <laughs> but if you've had some rotten shame on you, huh? come on. How many had so much shame you qualify for a double portion in this season? Huh? Some of you with single shame, you'll get you a single portion. But there's a lot of us got a double shame. We're going to get a double portion. Touch three people, tell them, shame off you double portion. Tell them. Instead of your shame, you're going to get double honor. Instead of confusion, you're going to rejoice in your portion. Therefore, in their land, you shall possess double and everlasting joy is going to be yours. Psalm 126 says, When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, they were like men that dreamed. Their mouth was filled with laughter. And people said, God has done great things for them. God is about to step into our world in this season and roll Away, our reproach. I was, I found a new place to baptize in Israel. We used to baptize up in the north. I've been many, many times 
and it's a really popular place. But last time I was there in 2012, I found a place that I thought, in my opinion, was much more geographically correct to where Jesus would have been baptized. And there was nothing there at the time much other than the muddy Jordan. This time we went back, others had found it, and they've built a place. But if you can, if you can imagine this with me, it's, it's where uh, Israel crossed over because you were looking at Jericho. The amount of temptation is a mile away. And it's that place where Elijah put the mantle on Elisha for a double portion. And it's all right there in that geographical location. And we were baptizing there, and just the reality hit us of crossing over into that inheritance that God has prophesied to us, even as a church. How many of you have been at Word Alive for a good season, uh, 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 right? And we've suffered reproach even as a church, right? Why? Because we, 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 told, we said publicly yes to a move of God, and we've been persecuted for it. People have, people have said silly things about us like, you know, that Word Alive crew, they, they really think they're going to change the nations, They really think they're going to change the nations. Right now, they're just trying to pay for a building Kent built out of the will of God. Come on. Because we've given ourselves to believe for these promises. We've said we're not just satisfied doing a little bit of worship, a little bit of teaching, and going home living lives as normal. And there's been a lot of talk out here in our community about what either Kent believes or don't believe, and yada, 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 yada. And we've suffered lots of reproach. Only God knows my heart. Only God knows your heart. Only God knows the heart of this church and the vision. But I'm here to prophesy. You better get ready because God's about to step into our world and he's about to roll away our reproach in this season. And we're about to step into those things because, yes, we are going to change nations. Yes, we are going to enter to a move of God. Yes, we are going to see the double portion anointing restored in this house, in this place. And, yes, we are going to fulfill our purpose as an apostolic center. And, yes, we are going to be an international outreach. And, yes, we are going to see transformation. And Yes, the Lord is preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He's about to bless your socks off in this house so that you even got room enough to receive it. Touch four or five people. Tell them, shame off you and stand up. Tell them, shame off you and stand up. Woo! Somebody shout, shame off you. <laughs> and by the way, since I've sent out the signal, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, people are saying I built this building out of your will. And I may have, but that don't mean I don't need you. If I, did, if I built it out of your will, 
I need you more than I did even in you will. You know what the Lord told me? He said, you're not out of my will. You didn't build it out of my will. He said, I put you in debt so that I would limit you to only what I want you to do. He said, but you get ready. When I'm ready to get you out, I'll roll it away in a day. Let me tell you, I'm prophesying to somebody, God can give you more in a day than you earned in a whole lifetime. So when I stood in those waters of baptism looking at the Jericho, the city of Jericho, thinking about the double portion, it says when they stepped into the waters, they rolled all the way back to a place called Adam. Now there's a city there called Adam. But I believe it's prophetic that this Passover, when we cross over into our inheritance, not only is our reproach going to be rolled away, but I believe God's about to deal with some generational reproaches that goes all the way back to Adam. Some, some generational iniquities that's keep trying to keep our families captive. That God's going to deal with them. Isaiah 54, here's what it says. Sing, barren woman, who has borne no child. Break forth into singing and cry out, you who never were in labor. For the children of the wife who has been deserted will be more numerous than the children of the married, says the Lord. Here's what the Lord says to you. Enlarge the sight of your tent. Touch three people say, make some room. Stretch out the drapes of your dwellings. Touch three people say, I'm about to get enlarged. Tell them I'm about to get enlarged. Touch three people say, I'm at the drive-thru. I'm about to supersize this thing. Tell them I'm about to, I'm about to go biggie size with it. Don't hold back. Lengthen your tent ropes and strengthen your stakes. Some of you need to go home and put a stake in the ground at your house and say, I am standing on the promises that God has said for me and my family, and I'm believing this Passover reproach is rolled away. To the right and to the left, you will burst out. Your children will possess the nations, land, and settle their desolate cities. Don't fear because you will not be ashamed. Don't be dismayed because you're not going to be disgraced. You'll forget the shame of your youth and you'll remember your disgraces of your widowhood no more. Why? The one marrying you is the one who made you. The one marrying you is the one who made you. The Lord of the heavenly forces. That's his name. The one redeeming you He's the Holy One of Israel. He's the one called the God of the whole earth. So today as we get ready with communion, as we have been in this season, if you'll grab your communion.
This is a word from God for us, guys. Just as we get ready to take communion, Jeremy, sing a lick of that for us, will you? I believe that's prophetic. Freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace. Some of it brought on by our own mistakes and our own sin, our own missing the marks. Some of it we've bore for the sake of Christ. We've, we've contended for the will of God, and that brings reproach. That's why it says, like Christ went out of the camp bearing the reproach, so bear his reproach. Sometimes you suffer for being in the will of God, not out of the will of God. but it's still reproach. Christ despises shame. When you see him with the woman with the, called in adultery, there's shame in her. He steps in on the scene. He without sin casts the first stone, rolls her shame away. Go and sin no Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Some theologians believe that Jesus died actually of a broken heart. A pericarditis, they say, is when your heart actually breaks 
and the water and the sack around it forms. That's why when they stuck the spear in his side, it gushed forth blood and water. When the shame of you and I and the whole world got on him, it actually broke his physical heart. But how many of you know what happened three days later? He got up. And so today in preparation for us stepping toward Passover, we're just looking to the cross. Looking to the power of the cross and the power of the good news of the gospel. That God, whether we're suffering reproach from the hands of others or or of our own hands, we believe this word. That this Passover, you're rolling away our reproach. And you're taking us into a new season to walk in our purpose and destiny. And so, Lord, we lift up the bread and we realize it was your body broken for us. You said as often as we do it, do it in remembrance of you. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Father, for the gift of your son. We thank you by the stripes that fell on his back, my body is healed. From the crown of my head to the very soles of my feet. Lord, we thank you every cell, every organ, every function of our body is healed, restored, and renewed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you're rolling off old seasons and you're putting us into some new seasons. And so, Lord, we thank you that the work was accomplished on the cross. So, Lord, we break this bread, the representative of your body being broken, and we now take it by faith, receive by faith today. Lord, we take the cup in our hand. We say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious blood, your sin-free, disease-free, poverty-free life is in your blood. And you shed your blood for us and removed every sin from our lives. Through your blood, we are forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future. We are made completely righteous because of your blood. So today we celebrate and partake of the inheritance of the righteous, which is preservation, healing, wholeness, and provision. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us so much that you'd pay such a dreaded price that we might not just be saved and and healed, but that we would enter in to the fullness of our destiny and our inheritance and our purpose. So, Lord, we believe in this Passover season you're rolling away the reproach of our past and you're allowing us to step into a new day. So, Lord, we partake of it by faith in Jesus' name. Falling on every face There is freedom, freedom Can we lift our hands just a minute and declare this? Jesus reigns in this place
finish the opening part of the service today with Seven Springs Dancing. I know it was a little stout for us, baby, right off the get-go with these words. Shame, you can go to hell. And fear can go with it. Now, I know that's pretty tough terms to open a church service with, but for those of us who've been under shame, that's about where we are with it. We're saying, shame, you can go to hell, and so can fear go with it. Because our reproach is being rolled away. Slap three people around you, high five, and tell them, shame off you in Jesus' name. Shame off you in Jesus' name. Shame off you in Jesus' name. Shake it off you in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, let's give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.